Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me for episode 16 of Coco Studio Chats. If you don't know me, I feel like I never do this, but I thought it'd be nice to do for people who might be listening for the first time. My name is Ko and I run a creative business called Coco Studio. And this podcast is to chat with other business owners about their journeys and pretty much what they're going through because there's a lot to learn from other people um, doing similar things that I am. And you might have seen a pretty common theme a couple of episodes ago was about myself taking my business full-time. And I also spoke to this with Kalia about how she took her business full-time a year ago. And today I'm really excited to be joined with Alex from Haven Studio to chat about her journey, um, taking her business full-time and just how how she's going because she's kind of still in the process of it. So I think it'll be really interesting to see I guess, the pathway that she has taken. So thanks so much for joining us. How are you going? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really good. I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. You're joining us from Brisbane today. I just thought it'd be nice to mention. I feel like I never mentioned where my guests (laughs) are based. (laughs) Yeah, it's very sunny up here today. Nice weather. (laughs) I know. I'm so jealous. I follow a lot of people from Brisbane and it just seems like you guys get a lot more sunshine than we do in Perth. We do. I'm a rainy person, so I don't know why I live here because I should probably be in Melbourne or something, but you know, it's definitely a lot of sun, but I do yeah. love a good rainy day. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so excited to chat to you, as I mentioned, about your journey and how you're kind of navigating that kind of side hustle. Um, and you started your side hustle while you were working full-time, right? So can you kind of tell us where Haven Studio was, was born and, and why it was born? Yeah, absolutely. So I did start it at the same time as I was at my full-time job. So I actually worked at a design studio. So that was my nine to five, which was awesome because, you know, same industry. I knew I wanted to be in design and, you know, I had this job, which for a lot of people is like their dream job. (laughs) And honestly, for me, it was my dream job as well when I started there. So um, it's funny how things sort of take a turn and then you realize it's actually not your dream job. But um, yeah, I was there for about four years, just under, and I did start my business at the same time. So I started the business um, about five months ago now. So I had been sort of freelancing a little bit while I was there, but it was nothing serious. It wasn't like a proper business. It was just like, oh, something for a friend here and there. Um, but I actually started Haven Studio about five months ago. Um, but it's really only been actually functioning as a proper business for maybe two months. So that first three months was all like setting up and, and getting, you know, pages and logos and um, coming up with the, the name and all that kind of thing. And did you um, go into your design job like straight after uni? Uh, I did. It was about um, maybe there was about a three-month gap or something, but it was pretty soon after. So I I did, um, there was an internship subject at my uni and um, we had to go out and source our own internships. And I was able to get an internship at this studio, which was amazing because there's not too many in Brisbane, actually. There's not that many great studios. So I was very lucky to get this internship. Um, And then they gave me a full-time job out of it, which was awesome. Um, But, you know, it ended up 
not being quite the thing for me, but I did learn so much being there about design and sort of different styles. Like I got to play around with a lot of different styles and clients. So I could really find my niche, which was amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, we, but, it was funny. Yeah. We were just starting, we were just chatting before recording about how when you're at uni studying graphic design, they kind of really give you this idea of what it is like, like the, what the projects are like to mm. work on. And then you work at a yep. design studio and it's completely different. And the kind of work you have exactly. to do is, is not what you were really prepared for. <laughs> yes. And, it, and it's definitely more work. Like when you're at uni, it's fun. It's enjoyable. You're like, oh, this is awesome. But then you go into working in, in sort of more of an office um, studio environment and you're like, okay, this is actually feels like work, you know, sort of an, annual reports or, you know, working with the businesses that, you know, you're not really that passionate about. You're like, okay, it's, it's not that fantastic, but it's still, still great experience. Um, so yeah, I, you know, it was sort of around the first COVID lockdown that we had. It was like, you know, March last year and we went into that first sort of three-month, four-month lockdown. And obviously everyone had to work from home and so we didn't have any work from home days before that. So this was my first sort of experience working at home and I was like, I love this. <laughs> I could get used to this, you know, like I'm I'm an introvert so I love my own space. I love to be at home like in my pyjamas and just do my own thing sort of. So even though I was still working for that company, I was like, you know, this is great. Like the independence you have and sort of the time, the flexibility, I guess, of working from home. And I sort of started to think, you know, maybe this could be something more like I could do this all the time. Um, so basically, um, you know, we came out of lockdown, we went back to the office and I started thinking, you know, I don't know if I want to do this anymore like I think that maybe I want to branch out by myself and sort of do my own thing um, but you know I'm someone that can be a little bit lazy at times so I kept putting it off putting it off putting it off because I was I was comfortable at, the, at my job and I thought you know it's going to be too much effort to start some like side hustle and you know I'm you know I'm getting a decent paycheck I may as well just stay where I am <laughs> so you know I don't recommend doing that I put it off for like over a year I put it off um but you know eventually I came around to realizing it was something that I had to do and it was sort of my calling you know I think you start to realize it's sort of when you start thinking about it all the time you start thinking I want to do this I want to do this and then that's when you sort of know the time is coming where you, it's, you're really passionate about it and you really have to do it. That's amazing. <laughs> and how, how did you find balancing? Because we've had a very different journey. Like I didn't um, have a full-time job when I was trying to build my business on the side. So how did you find balancing a full-time job working nine to five and trying to build this on the side? Like, was it literally just late nights and on weekends or? Yes. <laughs> I think it's, you know, most people I'm sure go through a similar thing, but for me, I'd never done anything like this before. So, oh my God, it was really quite hard. Like I have not worked that hard in my life. And it was only, as I said, for about five months, I've been out of my job for two, three weeks now I've been out of my job. So it's still recent, but that whole time from February to now, I was getting up at 5.30 in the morning. I'd take my dog for a walk, come back, work, until about eight o'clock, head to work, you know, stay there till 4.30 and then come home, go to the gym and then just keep working till like 11 or 12 at night. It was really bad. I was not getting enough sleep. 
Um, I was getting like five and a half hours a night for like five months. It was, it was not ideal. Um, but that's, I felt like, you know, it just sort of, I went into like another gear. Like I just, under normal circumstances, I don't think I could do that, but I was so driven to, to get out of this job and to start my own business that I really just, yeah, I just went to another level of like determination and I just was like, this is what has to happen. And I know it's not healthy. Like I could feel myself starting to get burnt out towards the end there. So I know it wasn't a sustainable thing. Like if this was to continue for, you know, six to 12 months, I definitely wouldn't have been taking it that fast. Um, but I'd sort of set a date in mind. I was like, you know, by the time the new financial year comes around, I want to be out of my job and I want to be working for myself. So, you know, having that goal in mind, I was like, I just need to work so hard until that point to make it happen. But yeah, definitely not a sustainable way of working because yeah, I could totally feel myself getting to that burnt out stage. So I was lucky to get out just in time. Yeah, no, for sure. I also had a little burnout period last year and it's, it's, it's really, it's not good when you do have those burnout periods. Cause like you said, it's not really sustainable, sustainable and not healthy, but it is funny how your body just goes into like sport mode when you really have yeah. something in mind that you are trying to achieve and you have those goals set. Um, and how did you like, what, what was it for you that, that would allow you to leave your full-time job? Like, well, Oh, honestly, I, <laughs> I had wanted to leave since February, basically. So February this year, um, I was, I, I'm a very, I'm a person that loves to plan things in advance and I love lists and I love to be prepared for the future. Like I don't like to make snap decisions and take risks, but, um, in February I was, I was ready to just take the risk and literally just jump out and just try. Um, because I did go through something in February that was, you know, it was quite life changing for me. So basically my mum passed away in February and it was quite unexpected. So obviously that was really difficult and it's something that I'm still working through now, but basically when that happened, my whole view of life changed. So I realized that, you know, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Like our time is not guaranteed and, you know, you, 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 can always find another job if things don't work out you can find work even if it's doing something you may not want to do for some time you can find work but you can't get your time back so time is just you know the only non-renewable resource that we have available to us Mm. and so after my mum died you know she was my biggest supporter she knew that I wanted to work for myself and that I wanted to branch out and and be my own boss and I thought you know I just, I feel like I have to do this now. Like this, that was the turning point for me where I was like, I, I'm ready to make this change because, you know, if I died tomorrow, I would have been so full of regret that I never tried. And I think that's the thing. Like you just have to be like, you know, throw caution to the wind sometimes and just say, look, I'm just going to try because what's the worst that can happen? Like, really? Like, as long as you're you're prepared and you sort of have thought about your options, like, really, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. So that, for me, was, like, the point where I really started going hard on getting this, this side business up to speed. But, you know, as much as I say to you, oh, I wanted to just quit in February because obviously, you know, I was going through a lot in February when all of this happened. So 
I was ready to be like, no, I'm quitting. I'm out. Like I need to work for myself and have my own space and and do my own thing now. But there's still that little analytical side of me that was like, no, don't do it. You know, you don't have enough saved up yet. Like it's, it's not safe. You know, I thought, oh my God, I'm just going to listen to that side of my brain. You know, I just can't help it. Like I'm, I'm still such a safe person that like as much as I wanted to quit, I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, I did have to find that comfortable point where I was, I felt, okay, I'm, I'm ready to leave now. And even though it was five months after when I really wanted to leave, I think it worked out for the best. You know, I, I, I sort of set up a plan, you know, I laid the groundwork. I was like, yep, look, by, by the new financial year, I want to be out, um, set up some sort of income goals because initially I was just going to leave my business and, uh, sorry, leave leave the studio and then work on my business purely full time. But um, I actually ended up getting a little part-time job opportunity, which was very amazing. <laughs> I don't know how I managed to to get it. It's just um, for this lovely little business. Um, yeah, talk to us about work. that. So what what is that all about? Like how many hours of your week do you dedicate to that? So about 10 to 15 hours at the moment, which is honestly, it's perfect because that means, you know, one to two days a week I can work on these projects and they're projects that are so aligned with what I love. So even though it's working for someone else, firstly, it's remote, which is what I wanted because I want to work from home. Secondly, um, the projects and the clients are amazing. So it's stuff that I actually you know, it doesn't feel like work, which is what you want. Um, you know, and thirdly, it gives me that income safety net that I really wanted. So obviously, you know, it's 10 to 15 hours a week. It's not as much as I was earning at my full-time job, but it lets me pay my rent and my bills, you know, which is Mm. the most important thing. Like, so that's a huge stress off my shoulders because as I said, I was, I was ready to leave my job and just focus on my, my own business. Um, but I was still feeling quite stressed about that. Even though I had a couple of clients lined up, it's just sort of like, you still don't know, you know, things can just dry up really quickly. And I'm, you know, I'm still really new to this, but I know you'll, you'll have really great months. You'll have terrible months and everything in between. So that was quite stressful for me. So I think doing it this way, honestly, for me has been ideal because I've been able to, you know, leave with the safety of having this this part-time job, which I can do from home. And it feels like my own job anyway. So, which is fantastic, but then I can spend, you know, four days a week working on my own business, which is amazing. It's exactly what I wanted. So Mm. I was very lucky to get this opportunity and, um, you know, that when I got that job, I immediately knew this is when I can leave my full-time job. Like I just knew straight away, this is the right time. And I handed in my resignation. (laughs) that's amazing and it's definitely evident that everyone has such a different need and a different way of looking at things like there's some people that will tell you like oh just jump in don't worry like just head in first and you'll figure it out as you go and there's other people Mm. like yourself that are like more analytical and that you know prefer to have a plan in place um, and make sure they kind of are prepared to do it before they actually do it so I think it's important um just to figure out what kind of person you are and what you need before you make that leap. Exactly. Um, And if you could give everyone listening some actionable steps um, that you would say are some things that you could do for someone that might be like you and that does want to be a bit prepared, what Mm. are some steps that they can do to to take the leap, to work for themselves full time? Yeah, look, 
I went to a lot of people for advice about this as well. Like I went to my dad, who's like, you know, he's a huge planner as well, even more so than I am. And, you know, I spoke to my partner and my friends and I tried to get everyone's advice because I was like, you know, I know what I want to do, but I'm like, and I think deep down I knew how to do it, but I needed people to sort of give me (laughs) their advice that sort of mirrored my own advice I was giving myself. And basically what I did and what I would recommend anyone does is in this position is to plan ahead. So, and I think the most important thing is to set an actual date, like for when you want to be out of your full-time job, because that's something, honestly, like I wish I did this a long time ago, like back, you know, last year when I was thinking about it. Um, but because I didn't have a date, I just kept being like, oh, I'll do it later, 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 later. And that's like the worst trap we can fall into really with anything in life. So whenever I set any kind of goal now, I always will put a date, even if you can't put a specific date, just at least a month. Saying, at know, least June, a month. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to be out by June. And then, you know, you put it in your calendar, you put it in your diary and that's something you look at it every day. Like, okay, this is what I'm working towards. And then from there, you sort of work backwards, see the steps you need to make it happen. So you break it down into like sort of actionable little bite-sized pieces because otherwise it will feel very overwhelming, you know. So if you just That's break so it That's so true. Down, <laughs> like if your like goal if like, is just um, leave my job and take my business full-time and that's it, mm-hmm. like there's no, there's no kind of plan to follow. So I think that's a really good advice just there is to make bite-sized goals to go for your um your bigger goal again more sort of um measurable goals like so for me for example I wanted x many clients you know I wanted three clients lined up um you know having having something like that or, or you want x amount of income by this date like you really need to have it um so clear for yourself um because that's really going to help you take those steps. And then, you know, if you're not hitting those goals, it's fine, but then you need to figure out why you're not hitting them. So if you aren't getting that many clients by this date, where are you going wrong? Is it in your marketing? Is it in your work or who you're targeting? So then it helps you to sort of figure out where you're going. So even if you can't hit the goals, it it is fine, even though it's frustrating, but it's good to have the goals there. So you have something to be working towards. And I also think that if you're in my position um, and you're trying to start like a side hustle at your full-time job, something to be really mindful of, obviously, is this sort of burnout, you know, this this working like 24 hours a day essentially um, because I feel for a short time you can do it. Like, like I did it for a few months and that was probably the extent of how long I could have done it for. But if you're thinking, okay, my goal is set for a year from now, I want to be out of my job, then you really need to start planning your days a lot a lot better I think and making sure that you're putting aside time for self-care for relaxation you know so you're not hitting that burnout point because if you do nothing is going to get done like once you're burnt out your your full-time job and your part-time job like nothing will be getting done and then you're wasting time so it's better to take a bit of time out even though you might not feel productive you are being productive by resting and relaxing and setting yourself up for a good day the next day. So mm. I think that's super important too. And look, I guess the the other thing for me is obviously having a safety net of money. And I know Carly talked about this in the last episode because I did listen to that, but I feel the exact same way because, you know, 
even if you're someone who likes to take risks, I just think having at least a small safety net, even if you don't have the time to save up six months worth, even if you have one to two months worth of funds there, just something to give you a little bit of security. With any luck, you won't need to use them. But, you know, I just think even though I got this side job, this part-time job, I still had about six months of savings that I'd saved up for myself. So I was ready to leave had I not gotten this part-time job. And I just think that it's going to really help you relax a lot more if you're in this position where like, look, if I don't get, you know, a few, as many clients as I wanted next month, it's fine because I've got this money to fall back on. I've planned for this. So I think, yes, definitely a lot of planning. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea to sort of, you know, be planning this far in advance. But I think if you want to set yourself up for success and you really want this to work, like having a, you know, a plan in place is really essential. Yeah. Those are some really, really good takeaways for people listening. As you said, um, I think the first thing you said is make sure that you have a big overarching goal and then turn mm-hmm. that goal into smaller bite-sized goals and then yeah. make sure that you've got, like you said, a safety net to kind of get yourself through the first couple of months. Um, and another thing that I will add in there as well is having a why as to mm-hmm. why you're starting this business what your vision is and what your purpose is. I think that is something really important to reflect on when you're first starting, because like you said, during those times of working like 12 hour days, if not 15 hour days, Mm. it can get really, really hard and really depressing, especially if you're by yourself, you know, working for yourself is kind of a lonely thing at the beginning. So having a why I think is the one thing that will really push you through those hard times um yeah. is, did you have like do you have a why for your business that you would be happy to share like why is yeah. it that you want to work for yourself and and do this yeah look I mean I guess it's sort of this is something that applies to most people I suppose but having that flexibility and that work-life balance is really important to me and it's something that I didn't have so much at my old job and it was something I really craved and I you know, it was okay for a while, but as I was there, you know, closer to the four-year mark, I started to realise that, you know, I really did want to be able to firstly work when I felt creative because I think that's one of the problems with a nine-to-five design job is that you're sort of forced to be creative in that time period. And for me, like I like to get up quite early still, like I do like to get up at 6, 6.30 and that's sort of when I like to start working and and I start to feel creative. And then once it gets past two o'clock, like my brain switches off and I just, I need to have a nap. Like honestly, I have, I have naps (laughs) in the day and, you know, I can't do that at a full-time job. So that was really important to me. First of all, it was just to be able to sort of like create my own lifestyle that I really wanted to live and then secondly is to it was to work with businesses that I really felt passionate about because I think as a designer you you can just tell like when you're looking at work you can tell if passion has gone into it or not Um, and I think that you know with the work that I was doing at my old job it wasn't sort of touching my soul like I wasn't really feeling it and you could sort of tell unfortunately in the work I was producing it was still good work but it you could just tell that the heart wasn't there Mm. and you know I know who I want to work with now and you know that's that's female-led small businesses and having those clients now I just it doesn't feel like work like doing their branding and, and doing designs for them it's so fun because I relate to those clients and you know that's that was the other sort of main why for me was to to work with these clients that I really do feel passionate about. It's a pretty amazing thing 
to live in a time where we can design our lifestyles and our careers how we want. And yeah. if you, like you said, if you have a, um, a passion with your work, it really doesn't feel like work anymore. Um, mm. What's that saying? Work. Oh God, you know the one I'm thinking of. Oh yeah. Like you do what you love and you never work a day in your life yeah. or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> something exactly. Yeah. And it, it does make a really big difference when you are designing to work with people who are equally as passionate about what they are doing. Um, It just makes the whole process just 10 times better. And it really just doesn't end up feeling like work. Probably the only parts that feel like work are like the invoices and the contracts and (laughs) those kind of really annoying admin things, but the actual design itself um, is just so, so fun. And you mentioned earlier before you kind of left your full-time job and, and took the leap that there are a lot of fears attached to doing that. And it's, it's so yeah. normal. And I had those same fears and I'm sure a lot of people listening have those same fears. Um, did you have, did you kind of put any sort of limiting beliefs on yourself at the time and how, what did you do to overcome those, those fears? Yes. Look, I definitely had many fears. I I'm an over warrior. Like I just worry about everything and it's, it's, quite annoying but um the main thing for me was oh my god like I'm going to end up on the street like I'm not going to have enough money to to live and support myself and you know and then I just sort of started spiraling with that thought of just the financial side of things like that for me was just so like I placed so much importance on that I mean it is important but you know I sort of went to another level with it really. And, um, you know, that's something I spoke to my partner about and, you know, again, devised a plan there. That was so helpful for me really like to, to sort of, it's, it's still something that I worry about, you know, not having a super stable job now. It's still a concern of mine, especially early days, like, like where I am now. Um, but having a plan in place where, you know, okay, I've saved up this much money. This will help me live for this length of time. Um, you know, I've got this source of income and this source of income. What are some other sources of income, perhaps like passive income or something, you know, sort of making plans to, you know, what are some other options I can do if I'm really finding myself strapped for cash, you know, some, some things that I can do there that really helped me to sort of get past that fear. And I guess another fear of mine was something a lot of designers experience, which is imposter syndrome, obviously. And which is, you know, it's just ridiculous how this comes upon us at like the worst times. And, you know, it's not like I was new to the industry. I've been, I've been in it for almost five years now. Can you explain um, what imposter syndrome is for someone listening who might not know what you're talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Imposter syndrome, basically feeling like you are a fraud and you don't belong in this sort of realm that you found yourself in. And like you're, you, you've just lucked out essentially. And someone's going to find out, you know, that you're not really a designer or you're not really good at what you do. You know, you're just, yeah. it's, the most irrational fear, but I think everyone goes through it at some point. And I was actually, I was at a design conference um, last month and there was a talk all about this. And it was a, this lady who she's, I think she's in her fifties now and she's an incredible designer. She runs a studio, a really successful studio in Sydney. And she said, she still feels this way. And she's been in the industry for 30 plus years. And honestly, oh no, the, it's never going to end. Level. No, it's <laughs> never going to end. So, but I just, I did find it comforting to think, you know, people at this level are feeling this way as well. So, you know, it is normal and as hard as it is, sometimes we just need to sit with that feeling and just let it like we need to just observe it and go, okay, this is how I'm feeling. 
I know deep down it's not true, but I'm just going to sit with it for a while because you can't just keep pushing it away. Like it's just going to keep coming back. So sometimes you just need to sit with it. But, you know, I just think you, you really just have to push past it sometimes too. Like make it till you I, make it. <laughs> just act confident yeah, and no one will judge really. you. And, you know, deep down, you know your skill level and you know you've either studied or you've taken some courses or you're just naturally really passionate about design, whatever it may be. Like, you know deep down that you you have what it takes to do this. And sometimes you just need to really listen to that part over the part that's telling you you're, you're a phony. Um, but that was something that I really struggled with, you know, leaving my job and, you know, sort of working with myself, I thought, what if all these clients of mine just realise that I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I've been in the industry for a while. Like, I know what I'm doing. But it's just a completely ridiculous thought pattern. But mm. that was something that was a bit harder to get over. Like, you can't plan your way out of imposter syndrome. It's just something you've got to let wash over you. You've just got to let it pass. And you just have to keep persevering and not let it stop you because that's what it's there to do. It's there to stop you. Um, so you just can't listen to it. You can't sit there and just and listen to it and let it stop you achieving your goals. Yeah, that's a really, really good tip. And like that's so true as well as imposter syndrome is all in your head, really. Like you can't, you know, you can't, like you said, try and make a plan to to get yeah. over that in a way like you really yeah. just have to like you said to just let it sit with you and be like okay like I'm feeling like this and it's normal but like let's just move forward and it's it's funny I had the exact same thing for me it didn't really happen um in terms of my design work because I studied design so I didn't have that imposter syndrome yeah. with graphic design because I'm like I studied this like yeah like I know what I'm <laughs> but when I started offering video um services um, in my business I was like oh, what am I doing I have not studied this like I don't know what I'm doing like I just like shooting cool videos like and it was really <laughs> hard for a long while to get over that um, yeah and I remember changing my Instagram bio and adding videographer on it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God, like, I feel like such a fraud. I'm not a videographer. <laughs> but it's just you just have to do it and you have to get past it. And I love it so much. And you don't have to have a, a degree and a piece of paper that tells you that that you are a certain thing or that you're not a certain thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, imposter syndrome is something I know a lot of people listening to this will relate to. And it's yeah. a pain in the butt, honestly. Yeah, it is. And I think some people, like, I didn't even really know what it was till like a year ago. I was like, well, like, but I had felt it before and I just thought it was sort of low confidence or low self-esteem mm -hmm. or something, but it's not really that. It's like a completely different thing. But, yep. you know, I do find that sort of, I don't know, like I'm a big person that, you know, loves affirmations and sort of positive self-talk and I'm not great at it, but like, it's something that I try to do. Like I, you know, have affirmation cards and each morning I'll try and pull one and it's like a positive thing about myself and sort of adopting like habits like that can really help to mitigate the sort of imposter syndrome because it helps replace those thoughts with, with positive, you know, thoughts about yourself and it I think that is a way you can start to combat it but again I don't think it's something that'll ever go away but you'll have better tools to sort of cope with it that's so true that's such a good tip I never actually thought about it that way but that's that's amazing is actually having those thoughts that go against what your like devil on your shoulder is telling you is having yeah. that angel on the other side to be like no yes. you, you can do this keep going exactly <laughs> 
Hey, I was meant to ask you this at the start, but I completely forgot. Um, (laughs) Your business name, Haven Studio, that's a beautiful, beautiful name. Can you you tell us how that name was born? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as I said to you, like back in February, my mum passed away. It was was a very difficult time for me. Um, I was going through a lot mentally as well with that. And I started this business and I was so determined to make it work and, you know, but I had to start with a name. Obviously I was like, I need something. I need to call this business something before it really feels like it's mine. Um, And I knew once I had a name, I would really want to, you know, put all the effort into it um, because then it feels like a real thing. So, you know, I spent about a day sort of tossing up names and I eventually came across Haven because, you know, a haven is a safe place. You know, it's a, it's sort of a, a beautiful place where where you can go to. You feel relaxed and calm, and you know, you feel happy there. And essentially, that's what I was wanting at the time. You know, I was wanting. You know, I was going through a lot mentally. You know, it was it was a difficult time, and for me, this business was almost an escape. You know, it was this glimmer of hope in a really dark time, like me starting this business it was like a lighthouse, you know, you're, you're in a stormy ocean and you see this lighthouse in the distance and you're like, that's where I'm going. For me, that's what my business was at the time. And I was like, I just have to sort of channel my energy into this, like what I'm going through right now, I'm channeling it into this business because that's for me, all I had at the time, because I was just feeling so, so down about everything. And yeah, so I really wanted the name to represent something beautiful and to represent sort of what the business meant for me and yeah for me the business it is a a safe place for me it's a place where I can go and create and I can work with amazing women and a place where you know I really feel at home and like I belong and so that's where the name came from like I just I wanted something that firstly you know looked nice and was easy to say but yeah also something that really represented like how the business was born essentially. That's beautiful and I feel like that's probably a Thank you so much, by the way, for sharing that with us. Um, okay. And I feel like that's a beautiful part of your why and it's part of your mm-hmm. brand story at the end of the day and that's that's it a is. really nice meaning behind behind the name as well. Um, yeah. How long did you spend on your own branding? It's beautiful, by the way. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I'm shocked at myself. I probably only spent a couple of hours on it <laughs> because... It's just you like I have tried to freelance a few times in the past. Like I have tried to start um, other freelancing businesses that never really went anywhere because I just didn't dedicate the time. And I was my own worst enemy with branding those businesses. Like I would spend days and days of like just redesigning things, like being like, nah, hate it, come back the next day, hate it, you know, keep. And this time I was like, no, because I guess I sort of had this new, like I said, like I, I, after mum died, I had this new way of looking at life and I still have it. Like, you know, there's, I I don't really have the time to waste. Like I need to get out there. I need to do this now. And you know, that saying like done is better than perfect. And that's sort of the the motto that I've taken forward with this business is that I'm just going to get something out there. Like I'm going to do something to where I'm happy with it. And I'm just going to say that's done. Like I'm done with that. And that's my branding. So, I, you know, I did something basic. I didn't want to go too all out because that's when I start to get like, no, this isn't working. You know, I'm not liking this. So I did something quite simple and thank goodness it like looks good and I'm still happy with it five months later. So I'm hoping, you know, I also got it up 
on my phone case. I don't know if you can see at the bottom, I got my brand oh new my phone God, case. That's amazing. So, um, Where did you get that from? I need one. It was just off Etsy, actually. Like they, the, I found a little vegan leather phone case business and they gold foil your, like whatever you want on the phone case. I was like, look, I'm doing it. And that, you know, helps me sort of commit to the logo. I was like, you know, I'm definitely using this branding going forward now because yeah. You know, it's on my phone case <laughs> can't change it <laughs> but um, awesome. you know I'm, 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 <laughs> oh, sorry, and I'm so <laughs> curious I'm so curious to to know whether other designers because I had the exact same same thing I did my logo in probably about a couple of hours as well but Good it's job. funny because that's what we do as a as a as a job you know like I do logos for other people and I spend weeks and days and yeah. on it so I'm so curious I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one who um <laughs> Yeah, I've heard so many people like that I've spoken to, they've said that they spent, you know, weeks on their own branding. And, and it's it's like for my website, it's the total opposite problem. Like I'm spending so long getting my site up, it is still not up. So, you know, that's been months in the making and I'm just a terrible client for websites. So it's sort of the opposite problem there. <laughs> That's funny. Well, at least you got your branding done. So that's one good thing. (laughs) One step in the right direction. (laughs) Hey, you mentioned earlier about your, you kind of hinted a little bit at your morning routine, um, your early riser. I, for people who listen to my episodes, I love asking people about their morning routine, especially people who work for themselves full time. I just, I'm so curious to know, like, what do you do? What time do you wake up? How does it work? Can you walk us through like a typical morning routine for you working at Haven Studio? Yes. And I love morning routines too. I watch them on YouTube all the time. And like every reel I find about a morning routine, I'm like, oh yes, I want it. Like, I don't know why. It's just something about morning routines that is so addictive. And like, it's like a little glimpse into someone's life that you wouldn't usually get. But yeah, I like to get up early, like as early as I can anyway. So 6, 6.30ish usually, um, because I do find I'm more productive. Like the earlier I get up, I can start being productive earlier because I fall asleep so early. Like my brain, as I said, it just switches off at a certain time in the afternoon and nothing else can be done except Netflix. So um, I get up at about <laughs> 6, 6.30 and then I walk my beautiful dog, which is a really nice way to sort of start the day off just with a bit of exercise. And then I like to come home and have brekkie, sort of get ready for the day. And then I will usually... What's your go-to breakfast? <laughs> It varies. I'm, I don't know. Like it's really bad. I've been eating a lot of finger buns for breakfast lately, you know, like they're like um, buns with like coconut icing on the top and you get them like Baker's Delight and everything. And they're not breakfast food. It's just me. Like, I'm just like, I don't have to go into the office. So I'm just going to eat whatever the hell I want for breakfast. But, you know, I usually try to have like avocado on toast or something like that, like, or, you know, a protein smoothie or something like that is a bit healthier for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like have breakfast, get ready for the day. And then I really do like to, when I have the time, most days I have done it actually is to like pull an affirmation card out in the morning. So that's a really big part of my morning routine now. And I've also got these other cards, they're called Oracle cards and they're a very similar sort of thing. It's just, um, they have a message on them and then you go into the book and read what the message is. And it's always a positive message that you can take with you into the day. And it sort of gives you something to think about, sets you up with a more positive mindset. And it's really been helping me actually to pull one of these cards out and sort of, you know, spend a few minutes thinking about it and journaling about it. I have like a little notion document and I just like write 
you know, a paragraph on on what that affirmation or what that card sort of means to me for the day, even though if I don't feel like it, you know, if it's saying you are beautiful or something like, and if I don't feel like it on the day, I will still write about it and maybe why I'm not feeling that way or how I can sort of try to change the mindset because that's, it's not always been something that I've been into, but recently the last few months it's, I've been trying to get into it because I need to I'm trying to shift into a bit more of a positive mindset because I can be a negative person at times and I don't really like that. So I'm trying to have a bit more positivity in my life. So I feel like this is a really good way for me to do that in sort of bite-sized little pieces as well. It's not overwhelming. And then after that, I usually start work. So um, unlike most people, I have my coffee sort of later in the day, like 11.30 sort of time. Um, I can't have it super early or just like I don't feel it. Like it, it doesn't affect me the same way. I don't know. It's really strange. So it's not part of my morning routine. I will have my coffee a bit later, but yeah, usually about eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock I'll be starting work and then yeah, go from there. So, so far I'm pretty happy with my morning routine. I might still change it because as I said, I'm only three weeks out of my office job. So I'm still tweaking things about it. Still trying to find that perfect morning routine, but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> That's amazing. I am the same as you. I love watching videos about it and I love hearing about other people's routine in the morning so thanks for sharing yours um and I'm also always trying to improve mine one way or another it's so funny this morning I actually had um on my calendar to wake up at 5 a.m and do a workout before coming in the studio to record this with you I didn't do it though it it was such a fail it's the thought that counts right like I had it in my calendar it was there and I was like yes I'm gonna wake up at five gonna do a keep a cleaner workout because I'm doing their kick tour um in Perth in in about a month yeah I'm so excited so I need to get ready for that hit workout with them but it just didn't happen so not every morning can be perfect but hey at least we try (laughs) and like it's winter as well so I feel like you've got to cut yourself a bit of slack in winter like back five months ago when I started this business I was waking up at 5 5 30 and you know it was a bit brighter then so it was a lot Mm -hmm. easier for me but right now I can't quite do that because it is just too, yeah. dark, too dark and then I'm walking the dog in the dark and he's out there confused like why are we walking in the middle of the night you know so I feel like I've got to take that into consideration as well <laughs> oh the poor dog's got no idea what I know <laughs> that's so I good know. yeah I definitely prefer my summer morning routine is like perfect I love it like I'm an early riser 5am as well mm. but winter 5am is just another world and I'm like I'm not I'm not here for this I don't want to get up freezing dark you're like no look it's just snuggle snuggle off at 5am I think (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um it's been so so cool chatting to you about your journey and um you know the path that you've been on so far before we wrap up what are some goals for you moving forward that you can share with everyone what's what's going to be happening with Haven Studio in the next six to twelve months (laughs) Well, look, I would definitely like to sort of get things more stable, I suppose, client-wise, because right now, still early days for me, so things are still quite up and down, which is totally understandable, and that's what I was expecting. So I'm hoping in the next six to 12 months, I'll have a more consistent client roster, you know, be booked out a bit further in advance. And I'm also looking at bringing out some sort of passive income options. Um, So I'm still working through that, but, uh, you know, potentially like um, semi-custom branding templates or um, maybe some kind of mini course or something like that, just something that helps me sort of share a bit more 
of what I do with people who might not be able to afford, you know, complete branding with me. So um, I'm definitely looking at something like that in in the near future, hopefully as well. And I'll be staying at my part-time job because I do really enjoy it. Honestly, it's actually such a, such a wonderful job. So I'm, I'm thinking that that's going to extend into the future as well. So that's amazing. Well, that's beautiful. If you're happy with the balance that you have between that um, and working for yourself, that's, that's awesome. Because a lot of people can, can look at that in a negative way and be like, oh, I just want to leave. I just want to leave. I'm not happy. So the fact yeah. that you've found a place that actually makes you genuinely so happy to to work for them yeah. is is beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I've hit that lucky balance at the moment. So I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be sure to be keeping up with you on the Instagram world. Um, I think it'll be so exciting just to see. I think we're like at a pretty similar, um, you know, stage of business. So it's really cool to connect with people that are, you know doing what you're doing so it's it's awesome so thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us um where can people find you can you plug yourself oh yes absolutely so I am on Instagram so my at is Haven Studio Co um and I do have a website it's coming very soon I hope if I do have a holding page up so if you want to look at that it's havenstudio.com.au but I will be getting that site live in the next few weeks it's so close to being done so I'm very excited for that (laughs) amazing well thanks so much again for joining us Um, I'll leave all of Alex's details in the show notes if you'd like to go and follow her and look at the amazing work that she is doing. My Instagram handle at the moment is very annoying. I think I mentioned this at the last episode (laughs) is at Coco Studio and add a few underscores to that and you'll find me. I'm still trying to get the at Coco Studio handle on Instagram and I will do it. It is my biggest goal right now. You can do this. I will make it happen. (laughs) Um, Thanks so much for uh, tuning in, guys, to episode 16 of Coco Studio Chats. If you enjoyed, I would love for you to leave a review and also give us a follow on whichever platform you listen to, whether that's Apple or Spotify. And like I said, if you enjoyed, you can uh, leave a rating or submit a review. It would be really, really awesome. And I would really appreciate that. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.